This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 4th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Fans of Barack Obama's planned changes to drug policy are rightfully angry at how the president evolved his views. With a second term assured, the feds have been quite cagey about how they'll enforce federal law in states where marijuana is now legal. Mike Riggs, an associate editor at Reason Magazine, evaluates the new landscape for drug enforcement. A lot of libertarians held out quite a bit of hope for Barack Obama as somebody who was going to be, uh, if not uh, for legalization, at least not hostile to the idea. He had called in previous years the drug war a failure. And when he named then Gil Kurlikowski, the former Seattle police chief, as his drug czar, people thought, oh, this is great. And then Gil Kurlikowski announces, we're going to stop using the term war on drugs. And everybody thought even that's, that's, that's great too. But what's happened since then? Uh, what happened, uh, what's happened since then is from day one, the crackdowns on medical marijuana dispensaries, which for the last, probably since you know the mid-90s, that's been our greatest measure of the federal government's hostility towards illicit drug use is medical marijuana because it's the safest, it's the most regulated. 96 is when California passed its medical marijuana laws. And it has the low as a drug. It has the lowest, you know. Um, it's not very addictive. It, it does, it's not very harmful. Anyway, so you know, 2009, January 20th, Obama is sworn in. Uh, almost immediately, DEA resumes cracking down. U.S. attorneys resume uh, opening cases, prosecuting dispensary owners who uh, are found to have guns on their property because. Uh, you know, if you follow drug policy, you know that if you have a drug, it's one crime or one charge. And then if you have a gun, uh, which even though it's legal in any other circumstance or in most other circumstances, if you have a gun and drugs, you know, you're suddenly in a lot of trouble. So DEA, U.S. attorney, they resume either confiscating property of, of medical marijuana dispensaries that just had drugs, prosecuting medical marijuana dispensaries that had guns and drugs. Uh, and that's kept up. And it's increased a lot um, in 2011 in 2012. It basically was at a Bush-like pace uh, for 2009 and 2010, even though most people sort of, when they talked about Obama's drug policy, they just kept harkening back to these claims he made on the campaign trail in 2008 that he thought marijuana is medicine, that the war on drugs was a failure, that we should embrace decriminalization. Didn't he say at some point, as president, I will stop the raids on states where medical marijuana has been made legal? He said on the campaign trail that he would not go after patients. Um, and that he and he sort of has used medical marijuana and medical marijuana patients uh, as interchangeably. Um, and then, you know, the raids continued on dispensaries, on growers, on uh, in what a lot of states are known as caregivers, um, which are people who supply marijuana. Maybe they don't sell it for a profit, but they provide it to 20 users, 30 users. Uh, and when he got pushback on this from places like Rolling Stone um, in occasional interviews, Gil Karlikowski, for instance, uh, and then Deputy Attorney General James Cole, the narrative, the, the, there was like this sort of um, retroactive continuity attempt where Obama suddenly, he had never promised to stop cracking down on medical marijuana dispensaries just on cancer patients who were using medical marijuana for end-of-life care. So it just become this amazing thing where, you know, when I talk about medical marijuana, when drug reformers talk about medical marijuana, and even when a lot of critics of, well, a lot of prohibitionists, when they talk about medical marijuana, they're talking about the entire picture, the, the industry types, the users. Uh, and Obama suddenly pretended as if 
the, the most commonly accepted parlance of, med- of medical marijuana was somebody who used it for cancer. So that was how he justified what he'd basically been doing. Flash forward just a little bit. Uh, as of this point, it's my understanding that medical marijuana or prosecutions under the federal government are up under the Obama administration? They had this incredible spike in 2011 and 2012 uh, in which, um, you know, prosecutions may not be the right word. I think crackdown is a better word because the government actually found it's really difficult to move these cases through. And, And basically the only way for the federal government to prosecute medical marijuana is with the help of state law enforcement officials. State law enforcement officials are not really interested in in further crowding their correctional facilities with medical marijuana people. Particularly California. Yeah, particularly California, which is overcrowded to just an obscene extent. What they really are interested in is the asset forfeiture sharing, uh, the agreement that state governments and local governments have with the federal government where if the two cooperate in a law enforcement investigation and that law enforcement investigation nets cash saleable property that the local law enforcement groups will get a cut. So there is zero interest in actually prosecuting people because then the headlines go from DEA raids medical marijuana dispensary to federal government uh, pushes for, you know, 80-year sentence for medical marijuana pot grower. Uh, You know, the the tricky thing is that under mandatory minimum sentencing, if they do push forward with prosecutions, the federal government push forward with prosecutions, they don't really have a – basically what they're – they're betting on some really bad publicity, that if they win, this person is going to be convicted. Um, If they lose, you know, this is establishing really unpleasant precedents for them. So basically what they do is they take the cash, um, they take the property, they destroy the plants – they put these people out of business or they tell the landlords, you need to evict this person or we're going to take your property and put you out of business. You know, and these landlords, they rent to a lot of people, not just these dispensaries. So they do everything up until seeking a conviction. Okay, flash forward just a little bit further. Washington and Colorado have, under tight controls, legalized the possession of marijuana by adults. 21 and up. 21 and over. And uh, this, this state will be actively involved in the process of, of making sure that those are uh, tightly regulated. What has been the federal response since then? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, uh, you know, the day after I heard from a DEA person who had been pushing uh, the day of the election, I, you know, immediately called and I was like, what's the response? I know you guys have something ready. Uh, I had called the same person in 2010 in advance of Prop 19 and was told, you know, we don't concern ourselves with this like sort of this state level folly. Um, and to their credit, you know, they they predicted that uh, Prop 19 would fail and it did. Fast forward to November 6, 2012, uh, Amendment 64 in Colorado, Initiative 502 in Washington passed. DEA sends out a press release early the next morning saying uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration has been tasked by Congress with enforcing the Controlled Substances Act. Um, The votes in Colorado and Washington do not change our mandate. That's true. Uh, The Department of Justice essentially says something, uh, essentially says the same thing, then says we're deliberating uh, a response because the Department of Justice you know, it does have some discretion or the president has some discretion in prioritizing uh, and funding the various operations within the Department of Justice. We're silent for two and a half, three weeks after that. Uh, Then last week, we got two interesting responses back to back. I believe it was on either Thursday and Friday or Wednesday and Thursday. Hillary Clinton uh, at a roundtable says, again, we, you know, 
we acknowledge that these two states have legalized marijuana. The federal government is working on a response. Gil Kerlikowski, the next day, who's the drug czar, head of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, says, as far as I know, nothing has changed. But again, we're still working on a response. So the funny thing is, you know, these, uh, these initiatives have been in the works since 2010. Uh, Marijuana Policy Project, in particular, did not try to hide the fact in 2010 that immediately after the loss in, in California of Prop 19, that they were looking towards Colorado and possibly Washington State. Um, despite the fact that the Obama administration has known for two years that legalization was not going away, they did not have a response prepared. And it, it, I'm assuming they don't have a response prepared because they're acting as if they haven't written one. They very well could have had a response and deemed that because uh, marijuana won more votes in Colorado than the president did, that maybe that response was not adequate. As you note, the uh, president didn't do as well as uh, legal marijuana in uh, at least one of those states. Um, but the federal government has many tools at its uh, disposal to deal with the problem without getting the headlines that you were talking about earlier, going, going after uh, banks that might finance these uh, types of places that would be selling uh, marijuana. That's one way that they've been dealing with it in California, going after landlords that would host as tenants these people. I mean, schools in these states have said, look, we've reformulated our policies to deal with this fact. You can't have it uh, on campus. That's that's what we've decided. It, it seems odd that the feds are sort of just waiting and seeing that they haven't just made a call here. It's it's incredible. It's, it's bizarre, I would say, almost uh, just because you know, for the since at least 2005, no domestic drug policy has been exclusively domestic. I mean, when you look at what's happening in Mexico, 60,000 dead, 25,000 missing, uh, on the verge of becoming a failed state with some of the most corrupt uh, political institutions in the Western Hemisphere. When you look at countries further south in Central America, sort of, you know, ejecting DEA agents as Bolivia did, or if you look at uh, Colombia basically for a while saying, Plan Colombia worked, you know, the U.S. intervention in the Colombia coke trade worked, and then saying just a few years later, as, you know, Cato types have pointed out, no, it didn't work, actually, we were wrong, you know. Uh, so it's amazing, Justin, that you would think it's, it would be diplomatically important to at least acknowledge it, for the president to at least acknowledge it, maybe for the White House press corps to ask him a question about it. It was amazing. His first press conference after the election, people asked him if he was going to have a beer with Mitt Romney. They did not ask him his thoughts on Colorado and Washington. Um, so you would think this would be important. Then again, you know, as somebody who covers an issue that has to really fight for the limelight. Um, I know that the fiscal cliff is probably taking precedent right now. It has a very clear deadline. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's my hope that, uh, that he'll talk about this in January. Even if he says something that I don't agree with, we should, this conversation needs to take place. I mean, there's so much, you know, uncertainty going on in Colorado and Washington right now, and it would be good to have that sorted out. Uh, this is from uh, The Hill. The Department of Transportation has announced that it has not changed any of its policies with respect to uh, marijuana. They say that will have no impact on policies regarding drug use by transportation workers. So it's not impossible for a federal agency to form a policy in this area. No, absolutely not. And um, I mean, basically what I, what I suspect most federal agencies will do is sort of just reiterate their current policy, which, um, you know, if you work for the DOT and you get an accident in an accident um, or you are 
a driver who's regulated by the DOT and you get in an accident, uh, driving under the influence of marijuana is just as detrimental to your career and your freedom as driving under the influence of alcohol. So there are some agencies that really wouldn't need to change their policies that much. Um, then again, there are others that need to change it ASAP. You know, I mean, as the Transportation Security Administration has, uh, as, as it sort of uh, increases its foothold in domestic transportation, you know, it's gone from airplanes to buses to big events to, you know, trainways. I mean, that's an agency that definitely needs to revisit its policy because I don't know how active they are in Washington or Colorado, but... Um, well, one wonders if I'm taking a direct flight from Denver to Seattle... Yeah, whether or not um, whether or not the TSA would have something to say. Are they going to bolster? Are they going to bring more dogs into the airports and in, you know in Denver and Seattle? Um, which is currently like that's something they could do, and and that's the crazy thing about our airports is that like there are these weird zones where you know federal law actually does take primacy over whatever's going on in the state. So you know that's definitely something to be think about, and it it is sort of. In 2010, it was the first time that people talked really about drugged driving or driving under the influence of marijuana and how is that going to be measured. And there were the construction industry in California in 2010 was terrified of Prop 19 because their workman's comp policies are, are very specific about substance use. And, you know, if pot is legal and somebody has THC in their system, does that mean we they're suddenly covered under our workman's po- comp policy when initially they weren't, you know? So... There are definitely like a lot of ramifications that we should be talking about, um, but that can't start until Washington says whether or not they're going to come come blazing after Colorado and Washington. Mike Riggs is an associate editor at Reason Magazine. You can read more on federalism and the war on drugs at our website, Cato.org.